I'm Libby Rothschild, former clinical dietitian who transformed into a full-time virtual business owner. It was only one year ago when I made $55,000 a year in my clinical job. And now I make $100,000 a month being my own boss. And you can do this too. My clients, who are all female dietitians and students, started from zero and created six-figure, multi-six-figure businesses by following my proven method. And they've all been guests on air. My proven method shows you how to attract cash paying clients using social media marketing strategies that work. You don't have to guess, waste time, or hold yourself back when you follow my step-by-step method. Hello and welcome. I'm here today with the podcast panel discussing hypothalamic amenorrhea, getting your period back through HA recovery. Today, I have dietitian bosses, Cynthia and Elena. Cynthia Donovan has been a dietitian for 10 years. Half of that she spent as a clinical RD and community RD. For the past five years, she has practiced a non-diet, health-at-every-size approach as a dietitian. Cynthia is a mom of two little boys, one and a half years old and three and a half years old, and has married her high school sweetheart. She came to find her true passion for her profession through her own battle with disordered eating and disordered exercise, plus losing her cycle and then encountering fertility issues. Now she helps women worldwide find balance with food and exercise so they can get their period back and live the life they were meant to live. Elena is a virtual dietitian for weightlifting women who want to improve their relationship with food and fitness. Her specialty is helping women break the restrictive binge cycle and get their periods back naturally so they can feel balanced around food and fitness for life. Welcome back to the show, both of you. Happy to have you here. Excited to be here. Yeah. Thank you, Libby. Excited to be back. Absolutely. And if you could just um, first, Cynthia, and then Elena, just remind people what your handle is so they can go ahead and find you on social. That would be a great way to kick off the conversation. Yeah, so you guys can find me at period.nutritionist on Instagram. And I'm weight.lifting.nutritionist. Okay, excellent. So we'll dive right in. For those of you listening, if you haven't already, make sure to follow these amazing, incredible ladies. And I'm really excited to dive into this important conversation and lend some perspective, either for those of you who are aware of what hypothalamic amenorrhea is, or for those of you who aren't aware and you want to learn more about this important topic and how these women are positioning themselves effectively on social and helping women around the world uh, find the success um, that they want to achieve to live their best lives. So my first question is uh, women's health, specifically hypothalamic amenorrhea. It's a sensitive topic. Does this issue affect your market's daily lives? And first, let's describe what hypothalamic amenorrhea, also called HA, is before we dive into this, just for those who aren't really familiar. Awesome. Elena, do you want to go ahead or do you want me to explain it? You go ahead. You go ahead. So hypothalamic amenorrhea, often uh, known as HA, is pretty much a term for missing periods. And that term is really related to your reproductive system not working. And really in context, women with HA, they get this condition because most likely because they are under fueling and over exercising or are in energy um, imbalance. And really the hypothalamus where that hypothalamus comes uh, from is, you know, that receives inputs all over from the body, the hormones, chemicals, uh, and it responds by making hormones, the hypothalamus that affect other organs such as involved in reproduction. 
So your period and the constant feedback and adjustment to keep the body stable and healthy state. Sometimes things go wrong because you have that under fueling component and possibly over exercising. So the hypothalamus really can't keep um, in balance anymore. And this is the result, a missing period. So I don't know if you want to add anything else to that. I tried to keep it as not too sciencey. <laughs> no, I think you did a great job. Yeah, I, I think you did a great job as well. Thank you. Anything else you want to add to that, Elena, or you feel that that definition is pretty comprehensive? No, I think that's great. I, I do have a lot to add though on how it affects uh, my market's daily lives because oh, it yeah. affects a lot of areas. Yeah. So, so let's go ahead and, and dive right into that. Thank you, Cynthia, for defining what hypothalamic amenorrhea, also called HA is. And now if Elena wants to kick off the second leg of that question, which means, you know, this is a sensitive topic. What does that mean? And how does that affect your market's daily lives? If you want to go into some examples and one perspective, that would be really helpful. Yeah. So I thought about this and would say that it affects eight main areas of my clients' lives. So a lot of, it, it, it impacts a lot more than you'd think. And it might, I mean, I think there's different populations even within the HA target market. Like I know Cynthia will probably talk about this, but she's more kind of focused on women who are trying to get their period back for pregnancy. Whereas, you know, you might have a market like mine who have HA, but they're trying to get their period back for different reasons. And I think for my clientele, it's, there's a huge component of how, it's like HA is sort of just a byproduct of other issues that are already going on in their lives. So the first area is the relationship with food. My target market's dealing with binging, constant thoughts about food, anxiety around food, feeling constantly just like consumed, like they cannot stop thinking about food and their fitness goals. They have my client, as you know, from my intro, weightlifting nutritionist is my, is my handle. And I'm like very focused on clients who are in the fitness space, specifically the bodybuilding weightlifting space. So they see a drastic decrease or plateau in their strength and kind of like muscle gain progress in the gym, which is another stressor for them because that's like what they spend all their time working on. But what they don't realize is their low estrogen levels from having HA and not being able to get a period because of under eating and over exercise is also impacting this major goal that they have also impacts their relationships. So decreased libido, low mood, depression, anxiety, kind of a lot of them say, and they don't even really notice this before they recover from HA and get their period back. But when they do recover, they're like, oh my gosh, I have emotions now. I like forgot that I was even a person. And when I was dealing with HA, I was like an empty shell basically. So that, as you can imagine, really impacts, especially intimate relationships, social life. So they have a lot of fear around food, fear of eating off their plan. Again, my market is like very heavy in the fitness, bodybuilding, like meal prep, meal planning space. They're very rigid about their eating. So this causes them to you know, stay in instead of going out with friends when they really want to go out. Uh, you know, if they have an early morning workout, they'll avoid social situations, avoiding social situations that involve food, which many of them do, which as you can imagine, especially for a market like mine, who's like a younger women in late teens, early 20s, that's going to really have a big impact on their life because social interaction is so important then. Also their life goals. So like not being able to focus on work, school, other things that don't involve their bodies and food. There's just literally sometimes not enough energy going to their brain. So that can cause like this brain fog, which is kind of like a buzzword nowadays, but that's another thing that can really be impacted. Body image is usually intertwined with all of this. So they often have body dysmorphic thoughts where they're perceiving their body to be completely different than it really is, feeling like they're never enough, feeling like they can never reach the perfect physique. And that's all intertwined with 
the restrictive mindset around food that's contributing to undereating overexercise that's causing their missing period. So it affects a lot of things. And then other health issues, again, related to that undereating and overexercise. So reproduction is not the only system that's impacted by this, like Cynthia was explaining with the hypothalamus, you know, the whole point of losing a period and shutting down reproduction is to conserve energy. And also because having a being fertile and able to produce a child in what your body perceives as a very stressful environment is obviously against what it really wants to do in that moment, because it doesn't seem safe. So digestion can be impacted, adrenal health can be impacted, thyroid health can be impacted. So there's a lot of ways that it impacts their day to day lives. But that's, that's what I'll say about it. Thank you for that high level overview. Anything you want to add to that, Cynthia, with your yeah. clients or any particular stories and situations about your market? I would have to say I agree with Elena 110% because although my ideal client isn't so much into weightlifting and, you know, aesthetics with, with that, you know, they are looking to be their healthiest self and, you know, bring back those relationships that may have been hindered because of their underfueling and their over-exercising and really being able to get through day-to-day life you know, going to work, going to college, whatever it is, without constant thoughts around food. And I was actually just on a call with a client of mine who worked with me for about a year. And usually most women work with me for about three to six months. And she worked with me uh, for a year. And I said, you know, what insight, you know, could you offer to, to other uh, women struggling with this? And she said that really, when it came down to it, immersing herself in the culture of HA, you know, learning about disordered eating, learning about why I'm feeling the way I do. Like Elena mentioned the brain fog, like, oh, I just thought I'm just foggy. Like, I don't know, you know, and now they're realizing that there is a direct correlation to underfueling and that now they're more productive with work. They're able to not get so mad about, you know, if their husband or boyfriend or whoever is, you know, says something silly to them, they don't fly off the handle at them. They're able to really, you know, relax a little bit more because they're no longer in this unsafe environment where the body feels underfueled. Because I, I tell my clients, I'm like, you know, you, the only emotion that you have is like, like flatline, or you're just constantly mean. Can I swear Libby? Or should I keep, <laughs> refrain from swearing? Okay. You're constantly mean. <laughs> I think we could all think of other words, <laughs> but you know, I'm constantly mean. And now my husband is like, oh my gosh, you're so much more joyful to be around. And they're like, I can't believe just by eating a little bit more and not restricting, I'm able to feel like a whole new other person. Uh, so it does impact day-to-day life things. Everything Elena just mentioned my clients deal with except for my ideal client isn't so much a a binger. And really, I think Elena could speak to this, that that binge isn't so much a binge per se, then really that body needing that extra fuel and food sort of say. So, so yeah, I think in a nutshell, Elena really explained most of it, but I, I have many stories to tell. And I think that one client of mine that I just got off the phone with is just, she has transformed her life by really trying to heal her relationship with food. And that's what I really help women do too, is yeah, we want the period back. We want the end goal, right? And that's what I'm kind of marketing. Like, all right, let's get your period back. But, you know, once I get them, you know, with me, we really work on that underlying reason why their periods went missing in the first place. So, you know, in hopes when they're done with me, 
they can live a life with a period until they hit menopause. <laughs> Beautiful. And thank you, thank you for sharing that. And I do like the stories and the examples. It's great for the high level overview. And I think it's also really helpful for the listeners to understand the experiences and stories, not only of the market you both serve, which obviously has some nuances. I love how Cynthia mentioned she doesn't specifically work with those who binge or Alina does. So it's nice to have that high level overview and then to go specifically deep and to learn about the stories of the women um, that you serve. Specifically, I'm interested in understanding and sharing with the audience, at what point do they decide they need help? Are they newly diagnosed? How aware are they of this issue? If you want to share any perspective of those at the beginning of the journey and anything else um, that you think would be helpful for perspective on this topic. Yeah, so I wanted to say something that relates to your second question, Libby, but also relates to what Cynthia was just saying. So she mentioned kind of like a lot of this confusion around in women with HA in terms of like, they don't realize the connection. I mean, at least this is the case for my clients. And I think Cynthia was kind of saying this too. They don't really realize the connection between their loss of period and their troubled relationship with food and fitness, which is almost, I mean, every person I've met with HA has just a sign of a deeper issue. Like the missing period is just a sign of other things that are already going on, body image issues, relationship with food issues that are causing that. So what I was thinking when she mentioned that is I was just on a call with a client, um, an exit call, actually, she just graduated from my program. And she is on like her fifth recovery period now after working with me for or she just finished her fourth. So after working with me for three months, and she said she was like reflecting on how she found me. And she's like, well, I was just on my explore page. And I saw like missing period. And I was like, Oh, I, I should click on this. Like, what is this? And then she went through my feed. And she saw that I talked about binge eating and constant food thoughts and you know, staying in instead of going out in social eating situations, because you feel a lot of anxiety around food, like all of these things, and or not being able to reach physique goals without feeling consumed by macros and binging or whatever. And she was like, Oh, and she was like, I literally did not know I didn't I never realized that these things were connected. And that I even like really had a problem until I looked at your page. And that's something that I that's relates back to the type of client that I market to and work with and what finally makes them ready for change and wanting to seek help. I'm trying to capture more and more people in the stage that she's at to help them make that connection. Because I find for my market, that's a huge issue is they literally, whether because they don't have enough energy, like fueling their brain or because of social issues where this is not talked about enough. It's like, they don't make this, what seems like a very obvious connection in hindsight of this binging, you know, anxiety around food, constant food thoughts, whatever, and their loss of period. So I would say what motivates my clients and, and the people who work with me to get help is one, finally realizing that, making that connection like, oh, this is a problem. My missing period's an issue. And it's also related to this other huge issue that I've been trying to work on for years and I can't for some reason figure out, which for my clients is binging. So one, it's that it's like making that connection and actually taking themselves seriously because oftentimes this is a whole separate issue. Maybe we can get into if we have the time, but Oftentimes my clientele is not underweight based on BMI. So when they go to their doctor and say, I have a missing period, they're basically just told, go on the birth control pill. You're just a fit woman. Just take the pill to regulate your period and you'll be totally good, which is a really big issue with my clients, which is why I say, I help you get your period back naturally or without the pill. So when you've been invalidated by even your own healthcare practitioner who tells you that this is not a big deal, basically, of course, you're going to think it's not a big deal too. So that's something when they make that connection that really motivates them. And then also 
when they make that connection, I mean, they've been trying to stop binging for years. That's like they're, they really struggle with the feeling so out of control around food, not realizing, like Cynthia said, that's just a normal byproduct of under eating and restriction, but that they don't realize that they're doing. And when they make that connection, it all kind of clicks and they're like, okay, yes, I can solve all of these issues at once. I really want to stop binging. I really want to feel fear around food. And I want to be truly healthy and fit, not just like saying I'm a, you know, health and fitness guru or interested in it, but really just like sacrificing everything for my aesthetic goals. And in the meantime, you know, sacrificing my physical health with not having a period, mental health with struggling with food. So that's, I would say like the main thing that helps, you know, seek support and wanting to work with me. Amazing. Follow up question to that, Elena, when they say they discover you on your Explorer page and they and then you validated them and shown them opportunities and options, what specifically is it that they resonate with? Is it the language that you're using, the topics? Like, tell me a couple examples of, of some, some key points that are getting folks, to, women, women uh, to feel that way. Yeah, I would say what's getting, it's, it is the language, but I would say more than the specific language, it's like the storytelling that I use. So I've gotten a lot better, as you know, Libby, since the very beginning of my marketing days of like really giving specific scenarios to paint a picture of what they're dealing with. So my ideal client really resonates with just like being seen and heard with my content. So what I do, and obviously it helps now that I've worked with many women who deal with these things. So I can literally capture, and I was going to touch on this for other questions, but I literally capture exact scenarios and wordings that they use on discovery calls, on when they're not clients yet, on group calls, when they are clients, on exit calls. And I use the exact wording and the exact stories, and then I put it in a post and then in my caption. So the thing I hear time and time again, and same with that client that I was just talking about who said, oh, I, when I found you on the Explore page, et cetera, they, re- they always say, it's like I'm reading my life story in your post. Like, it's like, I literally have dealt with all of these things. And also when these ladies are in my groups and they meet each other, they're like, oh my God, everything all the girls say I resonate with. So I think it's really the storytelling and being very specific that helps them to just feel seen and heard and validated of like, this is exactly what I'm going through. And then that makes them want to work with me because they, they know I completely relate to what they're dealing with. Really helpful tips there, Elena. Really, really wonderful. I am so proud of the progress you've made. And I love (laughs) you that didn't capture that. Elena said in intro calls, discovery calls in her actual service and on the exit calls, which is where you wrap up with your clients or offer a next step, you're gathering information from them and their words and then capturing relevant information and using that in your marketing. And it's getting more of that same type of person to help you grow your business and align your mission and vision with the work you're doing. I think that's a really helpful, actionable tip for the listeners to really dive into. So thank you for sharing your journey with us. And I'm so happy and proud of your storytelling progression, uh, which is paid off and growing your business. Oh, yeah. Yes, it has. And it has, it was not always like this. So it took me some practice to get here. And speaking of practice, share one or two tips for the, for those who are listening to you who are thinking, Elena is so amazing and so great. Uh, I, I don't believe she ever struggled. So will you tell a couple stories or one or two reflections of how you got to where you are with the storytelling piece specifically? Like what things uh, were, if you were to look back that you maybe overthought or didn't do enough of that would be helpful for the listeners? Yeah, well, one thing I definitely overthought was repeating things that were working. And when I like, so this is, and this maybe sounds like it doesn't relate to what we're talking about, but when I would find, you know, a specific 
a specific story that really resonated with a lot of people. So for instance, I'll do like posts where I say, you know, like what, what your doctor says, what you say, what your doctor says, what I say, kind of like to capture that story of, oh, just go on the pill. You just need the pill to regulate your cycle and then feeling confused and not wanting to use medication and not sure why they're not getting their period. That's something that I consistently, you know, gets reach, gets people through the door, resonates with people, makes them feel seen and heard. And in the past, I would try to just like constantly reinvent the wheel every week when I would create content instead of just noticing, oh, this is doing really well. (laughs) Um, So let me just like repeat this in some way. And once I started doing that, I saw a lot of benefit in terms of sales and all that. And then I would also say fear, just overthinking like the wording that I would use and thinking it had to sound perfect or I had to like have every single word in there to make it like a perfectly flowing sentence when I could literally like what I do now is I will, I take notes during discovery calls, client calls, whatever. If someone says something that I I know I could use for marketing and then I just copy it and paste and, and I just like make it as simple as possible instead of overthinking like, Oh, this sounds weird. Or this is like, I don't know. It, It just, just don't overthink it. And especially when it comes to what people are directly saying, I would be as close to their wording as you possibly can. So I think doing that more has helped me a lot too. Helpful. And Cynthia, uh, do you want to add any perspective either to piggyback off of Elena or to dive deep into examples if we're to go back into HA? What can you add to that? So I want to, you know, agree with Elena as far as like, you know, how, how do I attract the clients and really the ideal client that I'm looking for is, you know, ready to, to make that change and, you know, know that having no period is a problem and also making those connections like, oh, that sounds like me. Oh, I thought I was the only one uh, kind of thing. So that's been really helpful. And I think it's even been more helpful to have, you know, clients maybe that weren't in that stage of readiness versus those that are, how much they progress forward and able to get their period back much more quickly. So that's definitely my ideal, you know, having that, that connection piece. And as far as like, you know, there is a big struggle and Elena already said that we, it's almost like we're fighting against other healthcare professionals, such as doctors that maybe don't have the, I don't know if you want to say knowledge or expertise in HA. So they're like, Oh, just go on the pill. You're fine. I know I just recently started on my discovery call questionnaire when they apply for coaching to ask, okay, have you been diagnosed? Have you not? Because there's a big overlap that I had personally with women coming to me and saying, oh, well, my doctor doesn't, you know, set, said I, I have either PCOS or it's not a big deal. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to spend my whole entire call trying to like convince you that you have a problem. So I kind of switched that around, which, which has helped me collect more of my ideal clientele, but also made sure my marketing is reflecting that such they can relate to these problems that they're having on top of having this missing period. And I want to piggyback again off of what Elena said about where she was when she started out. And I know Elena's been in the game a little bit longer than myself, but I was actually looking through my feed I was yesterday, the day before, and I had recreated a similar old post that did really well. And I also wanted to take my caption. So I didn't have to recreate that. But I looked at an old caption of mine. I'm like, oh my gosh, 
I can't even believe I said that. But again, you only know what you know when you know it. But, you know, to be able for me to take copy and paste that and then turn it into a transformational story, like Elena was saying that women can directly relate to, whether it was personally from me or from a client of mine, it just come so much easier now that I have been practicing it for, I think it's going on six plus months. Cause I started with you at the end of April this year, Libby. So yeah, I think that's huge. That story component that we're able to relate. Thank you for sharing the piece of the caption. If you can submit an old caption and a new caption to me, I'd love to share it in the stories in my stories and tag you and just inspire our community. Because sometimes I like to show a picture of me when I first started and just share some of my, as you've seen in my marketing, I'll show my clients when they first started and now. And I think we often forget that when we first started, we were in a different place and that's okay. And I think it's good to value and honor and reflect on that. And also good for us to celebrate how far we've all come and how far we'll be in six months from now and in 12 months from now. So it's just a way for us to celebrate our success and then inspire our colleagues too, who are maybe feeling afraid and scared for various reasons that they're going to improve as they take consistent action as well, the way that you both have. So thank you for that example, Cynthia. I think that's really helpful. All right. As intuitive practitioners or weight neutral or or both, how do you express the power of your approach? Because you're both, you know, follow um, elements of intuitive eating and help your client with getting their periods back via increased calories uh, and decreased exercise. Cause that's both part of your solution is the increased calories, decreased exercise. And maybe you can first uh, talk a little bit about how you identify with intuitive eating slash uh, a weight neutral approach. And then, and then we can dive into the rest of the, of the question. Yeah. So I can get started there. So you meant, you said at the end, like maybe talk a little bit about that approach, right? Intuitive eating weight neutral. Yeah. How you identify, so, like what that means. How I do. Yeah. Yes. So what it means to me and how it, I would say the way it weaves into the specific type of person I work with is like, I, it's kind of ties into that piece I mentioned before, right? How they're not underweight based on BMI and maybe even for them, like they're actually, most of my clients are actually trying to lose even more weight and get even leaner because they're like really obsessed with being super lean and jacked. And that's like part of their relationship with fitness they really need to understand that they don't, they don't grasp this really important fact that weight gain is not always a bad thing. In fact, for them, it is like exactly what they need and they live in constant fear of weight gain. That's a huge thing that we work on in my program. And for me, what it means, the way I approach, you know, because my approach is kind of within that space of intuitive eating weight neutrality, but I don't necessarily call it that because for other reasons I won't get into right now, but the way that I really educate about it in my program and with my approach is just to remind them that health is a destination. It's not like you're underweight, overweight. I'm not really a fan of like the BMI. I understand it's used in some areas, but I think that the way it's used with my clients by their doctors is like really not accurate or helpful. So I just try to remind them and, and emphasize that health is a destination that doesn't necessarily involve weight. And for them, it's a lot of like redefining what health means to them. So that they're very focused on health is like a certain weight, a certain body fat percentage, eating X amount of vegetables per day, exercising X amount of times per week, just checking all these boxes. And they're completely ignoring the mental health component and thinking that aesthetic goals and physique goals are, are achieving like health goals. When in fact, their physique goals are actually in the opposite direction of their goals for health. So to stop binge eating, have a good relationship with food, decreased stress, which as we all know, is a very important aspect of physical health, mental health, 
overall health and them continuing to try to just pursue this, you know, getting as lean as possible because they have deeper body image issues and self-worth issues that they haven't explored yet is only getting them actually further away from their definition of health. When in fact gaining weight and maybe, I mean, for some of my clients, they reach maybe even an overweight BMI in the process, but every other marker of health is 1000 times better. And they're what a 26 out of 25 BMI, but they finally have a period. They're not binging anymore. They exercise and eat well in a balanced, healthy way, mentally healthy. And so it's, it, that's kind of the way that I view it with them is just really educating on the fact that weight gain is sometimes can be the best thing for you. And you don't have to be within this like rigid BMI scale to be healthy. And also underweight is relative. Like you can be underweight based on your body weight and your set point weight. Um, and not be underweight based on BMI. To go a little deeper with that, do you have a specific example of how you helped a client own that uh, going a little bit overweight on the BMI standard, as you said, BMI as a tool, right? Mm-hmm. How has she been able to break through some of her limiting beliefs or preconceived notion of notions of what health means? Do you have a story or an example of how you've helped someone specifically do that and how that's mm-hmm. really changed her life? Yeah, so I'm thinking of one client in particular. I mean, all of my clients need to work on this, like, because they all have this bias. But one client, it's something that like, we've had to continually work on because she has like a lot of, like, obsessive health related thoughts that are related to a previous definition of health that isn't really in in alignment with what she feels now, but she, I mean, she's, she's come a long way, but I'm kind of talking like a few months ago and we had to really work on, like I said, redefining her definition of health. So for her, she was very much in this mindset of, you know, she was never underweight. She'd lost a period. She was very into lifting, very into, you know, bodybuilding, trying to get as lean as possible. And as we started this process and started talking about, giving unconditional permission to eat, which is a big, which is kind of identifying your food rules and then starting to give yourself permission to actually eat instead of ignoring your hunger and fullness is like the first step of my program. The inevitable worry that came up for her was that she's just never going to stop gaining weight. And kind of this, I would say the way it shows up for my clients, and it was definitely the case, especially the case for her is like the general nutrition guidelines for Americans that we all learn as dietitians in school. She took that those guidelines and basically just took every one of them to the extreme. So if, if we should be eating five vegetables a day, she's going to eat 10. If we should be drinking, you know, X amount of water per, per, per pound of body weight, she's going to double that. And she was just very extreme with thinking that again, health is hitting these certain markers and check boxes. And for her, that was leading to actually under eating, eating too many vegetables, drinking too much water, ignoring hunger cues. And her fear was if she let go of those things, she would just spiral into this like standard American who's, you know, quote unquote, obese and unhealthy. And she, her body, just a big, a, a massive distrust of her body and her body's ability to regulate things. So for us working on with journal prompts, with coaching on redefining her relationship with food or her uh, relationship to health and what health means helped her to understand that, all right, for me, healthy right now is focusing on healing my relationship with food. That's the number one thing that's impacting my health because it's causing loss period, binging, constant food thoughts, stress that's impacting my physical health. So for me to get healthier right now, the number one thing I need to do is heal my relationship with food. If that means eating less vegetables right now, if that means, you know, gaining weight, if that means eating more processed foods, drinking less water, that's okay, because that's the number one thing 
that's messing with my health right now. And by doing that, she's now at a place where she hasn't binged in three months. She's like feeling confident and free around food. Her body is naturally gravitating towards vegetables sometimes while also enjoying like treat foods like chocolate in, you know, naturally in moderation, not like with her just having to control it. She was like talking to me about how she was stressed with the election, but like she, but that didn't no longer causes a binge. Like she can just have chocolate or whatever and not binge when she's stressed and her period is, is healthy and and coming naturally now without, without the pill. So for her, it was really like redefining that relationship to health and what that means to her. And how does that feel to you as a dietitian aligned with practicing what you want, making money how you wish, and helping women transform their lives and break through these barriers? Like, what does that mean to you as a, as a provider, a private practitioner? Yeah, so I can get caught up, I think, like in the day to day, I can get caught up with all the, you know, pressure of me trying to, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself with trying to help these women who I resonate so much with what they're dealing with. I went through it myself. So like, it means a lot to me that they're putting their, this important thing in my hands. So I take it very seriously. And I think sometimes I can like forget how amazing it is that I'm doing this. But when I tell stories like this and get on, especially exit calls with clients where they reflect on things like this and their progress, like it truly, it makes my day and it like makes my week to have these conversations. And it's, it's good for my ego because I, as many women deal with imposter syndrome and I need that boost because when I hear that, I'm like, yes, this is why I do what I do. Like, I can't believe this is my full-time job. And like that, it's very gratifying to know that I'm helping women who struggled like I did. So yeah, it's great. It's a great feeling. I love that. And I would say it's celebration and taking a moment. Exactly. And I, I love that you're doing that and celebrate that you're helping them on a journey. And I love that you're saying exit calls, meaning when you you have a call with them towards the end of the program, gives an opportunity uh, for both you and the client to discuss and and reflect on the amazing progress you've both made. And Mm -hmm. I love that you're able to share that with the listeners, because what good is it uh, to be able to work and and be aligned with what we do and think and feel if we don't take a moment and and share that with, with ourselves, our clients, and then our community of other clinicians. Absolutely and let them know that we have to embrace that as well. Because yes, we, we do have imposter syndrome. And as women, we're definitely hard on ourselves. Uh, so I, I hope the listeners can get some positive affirmation reflection from this conversation. Cynthia, what can you add to this? Again, how you define yourself as an intuitive or weight neutral practitioner, and how you express the power of your approach uh, to help your clients get their period back via the, the same methodology as Elena with regard to increased calories and decreased exercise, although for a different market, like we've discussed, uh, your market doesn't binge as much. Yeah. So I love how Elena said it. it's, it's like we are up against battling, not with our clients per se, but because they come in to see us with this painted picture of what health should look like, you know, eating vegetables, drinking water, exercising on a daily basis. And when, you know, that same thing that they're trying to get healthy, you know, for has made them quote unquote unhealthy and missing a period. So I would say starting there and really defining like right now, this is not your, your healthy. If that was your healthy, you wouldn't 
be here right now talking to me and worried about your missing period and telling me how you can't stop thinking about food and how your relationship with others are hindered and, you know, all the fun things that come along with the missing period. So, you know, it's that constant battle of helping them switch their mindset to what health really is and helping them find this balance between food and exercise or fitness so they can live a life full of joy, full of, you know, having the mental space to be, you know, who they want to be. I've had so many clients of mine say, oh my gosh, you know, because now I have this mental space. I was able to get through my finals week without restricting food because when I get stressed, I, I really restrict food. And same thing with the election, I have to say, I was just on the phone with a client. She's like, you know what, instead of, you know, uh, restricting when I was really stressed out and mind you, this, this client of mine is in Europe and she was worried about our election to say, uh, so she said, you know, I, I ate because I knew I had to eat, but you know, that definition of, you know, intuitive eating, you know, health at every size approach is really helping them first switch their mindset with health, you know, work on food fears, work on all these things that have led them to their missing period. And then as time goes on, like in phase one of my program, we really work on, all right, let's get your period back. Then let's maintain your period because a lot of women will say, Oh, we got my period back. Okay. Awesome. Um, maybe I'm going to start exercising a little bit more now, or mm, I don't need that extra snack. Uh, so really helping them, you know, get through that maintenance uh, period along with working on really starting to trust and listen to their body, listen to their hunger, listen to their fullness cues, uh, which for a lot of women, it takes some time to really have those hunger and fullness cues become reliable again. And then, you know, once they have a few recovery cycles, we you know, in hopes to, if they continue to work with me after those three months that we're really working on the intuitive piece and finding joy in food again, and really finding balance of being able, Oh, I can go out for a run, but if I'm tired, I'm not going to go for a run. Now I know during ovulation, I get way more hungry, but I know, you know, when I come to my period, I'm not as hungry. So it all equals out and they finally find that balance that they've been looking for and really become in tune and be able to trust their body versus trust the outside world of, you know, this picture painting of what health really is supposed to be when, you know, it's the, the thing that's driving them un- unhealthy in the first place. Anything to add to that, Elena? No, I don't think so. All right. So as we wrap up here, do you want to end any final notes? Thank you both for sharing your reflections. I think it's really uh, powerful to uh, share a high level overview about hypothalamic amenorrhea how it works with both of your clientele and then a little bit about the marketing piece. So anything you want to share about social media and how social media, I know we've talked about that before and Elena gave a great example as well about pulling uh, marketing data and using that um, to get more clients and help serve more women and help women bridge the gap between how they can find help uh, for their problems that they didn't understand or realize or connect, which is really powerful Anything else that you want to highlight that either you wish you would have known earlier or that you want to share about how social media has helped strengthen the opportunity to serve more women and align with your mission and vision as we wrap up today's podcast? Libby, I wanted to say from a place where I was before I started working with you, I was doing some virtual stuff, a little bit of social media, but I really never knew the power of social media and how I could not only 
make money from it, but also influence and impact so many women across the world. And I know this was a question you asked Elena um, a few minutes ago about, you know, the, the joy you find in your full-time job and stuff like that. And kind of ties into that piece that I, you know, always looked at a lot of other women out there before I started uh, doing a lot of marketing on social media. And like, oh my gosh, I want to do that. I want to be them. I want to be able to help all these people, you know, in different places, whether or not they could afford to work with me in hopes that they, they can, because I love making this my job and reality. It doesn't even feel like a job because I, I love what I do so much, but being able to make that impact across the world, uh, coming from a place where I was doing kind of like a brick and mortar. And I always had like a little side hustle going, but not until I knew how effective social media was in reaching my ideal client. It's just, it's amazing. It really is. And I, I can attribute all of the success that I have had in the past six plus months to where I had a side hustle probably for like seven plus years. And then as soon as I put that focus on social media and really speaking to my ideal client, I mean, the rest is history. And, you know, I'm able to attract the people that I want to work with and, and no one else, which is so awesome. And so I hope that sort of answered your question, you know, about, uh, social media and how it's helped, but yeah, it's, it's been transformational for me coming from a place that I wasn't doing it before to now. Yeah. I thank you for sharing that for listeners who maybe don't think it's possible or they're feeling discouraged or they've tried and it hasn't worked. Something hasn't connected. So I think hearing your story and your passion and the success you've had, is really inspiring. Um, so I appreciate that reflection, Cynthia. And um, Elena, I know you already talked about specific uh, things that you've done and reflected on. I don't know if you have anything else that you want to add about social or just in general as we wrap up here. Yeah, just one thing I wanted to add about social because I mean, unlike Cynthia, I started totally uh, with social. I never had any sort of private practice or anything. I just started with Instagram. And still, that's my main marketing platform. But One thing in terms of like, I wish I would have known in the beginning, I mean, like anybody out there listening, don't be a perfectionist, just start because like Libby said, I mean, you could go back to my old posts and my, my new posts are a thousand times better than they were back then, but I wouldn't have gotten to this place if I didn't start back then. So don't take this as like a reason not to start. But for me, one thing I wish that I would have focused on earlier is remembering like the stage of change that somebody is when they're coming to me. And, and what stage they're in and also, and then aligning that with what you market so that you are focusing on the outcome that they want in your marketing and not, not necessarily, yes, weaving in what they need, but focusing on what they want. And then your program is what they need. This is something that I need. I definitely needed to focus on earlier because especially for my client, we talked about like a weight neutral approach and how my clients actually gain weight in this process. All of them at least gain some, some gain significant amounts, some gain a little bit they want to be, they're in a place where they want to be losing fat. So like, where does that happen that somebody who wants to lose fat comes to my program and actually gains weight. (laughs) So that, that comes from focusing on the fact that I know that my client wants to be able to reach physique goals without binging, without losing a period at some point, I believe that is possible. I'm not like, I don't, I don't think that that's like, they can never focus on physique again, but in my program, I teach them, you have to take a break from this, focus on other things, heal your relationship with food first. But I don't say that as much in my marketing. I talk about the fact that they can stop binging, get a period back, fill a piece around food and hit physique goals. But it's sort of like a longer, it's a a longer process than maybe I let on, but it works. And I just had a client who just got another client who graduated and was dealing with these issues for like 16 years. And she told me that 
she's like, I like Elena, how you focus, you talk about the physique piece on Instagram, because I would have never worked with you if you said, I'm going to, you're going to join my program and gain a bunch of weight, but you're going to get your period back <laughs> and stop binging. She's like, and I know you're not lying because you talk about it. It's not like you're de deceiving us, but like, I would have never worked with you if you hadn't marketed that. And I'm so happy that I worked with you, like, cause she's, you know, five months in and like has achieved everything she wanted to achieve. And that gave me so much, like, just it like it just it just gave me a lot of validation because I'm like yes exactly you want to capture this person because they need what you're giving them but you need to at least definitely in my case kind of focus on maybe like a outcome that's a little bit in the future does that make sense and that's really important for my ideal client Elena I have to say I have on I would 100% agree with you that would be exactly if I knew what I knew back then I have a little sticky note right here and it says market what she wants give her what she needs in her in the program so I have that like right on my desk because I totally too find myself like I don't you know I want to like be completely transparent and there has to be a touch of transparency into the marketing right and then That's how you're gonna help them it's not like you're lying to them and deceiving them in a bad way you need exactly. to help them and they're going to be turned off by your marketing. You're exactly. not going to be able to give them the help that they need. And then you have the discovery call to really make sure they're like ready and all of that. Yes. The yeah. biggest struggle I see with dietitians just starting out, uh, maybe you both a year ago or Cynthia six months, Elena a year ago, is that um, my clients in my group program, they really struggle with marketing to what people want and they market to what they think people want without understanding what people want. And that's what I teach and I feel that those who resist me, they always look back and say, I wish I would have really dove into that sooner. And that process for some of us can take a week. Others of us can take 30 days. But what Elena had shared and Cynthia had validated is that discovering sooner than later the way that they, the language that they use and getting into the psychology of, of how they think is going to help you align with your philosophy as Elena and, and Cynthia both have done and then really help more people. So when you can connect those dots, the sooner you can implement that, the sooner you can actually align with your mission and vision, grow your business, serve more people, feel more valuable in, in, in the market. But that is what's holding so many of you back. Any final thoughts on that? Either one of you, Elena and Cynthia, before we wrap up? I don't think so. No. All right. Thank you both for your time. This has uh, been a great conversation. If you could just remind everybody one last time, any final thoughts or just where to find you on social and then we'll, we'll wrap. Yeah, you guys can find me at period.nutritionist on Instagram. And yep, and I'm I'm weight.lifting.nutritionist on Instagram. And just follow, shoot me a DM. I'm here for whatever you need. Thank you so much for joining both for joining us today. Thanks. Thanks Libby. If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at LibbyRothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.